0: one boom there it is ladies and gents jake came on i asked him what song he wanted here with eminem (laughs) you know it's gonna be a good day we're gonna talk about elevating your life creating the life that you want to talk and that you want to live that's what we're gonna talk about today so let's do this thing here we go shut up
1: and sit down the business bros podcast was created for you Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of
0: Business
1: Pros.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's do this
1: thing and
2: drop the heat! All right, we're going a new round. Ra- all right, all you business pros out there, Before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review. Help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz, schedule your time, and don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Pod. All right, everybody, we are so excited and honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Our guest today is helping people everywhere elevate their networks, elevate their spirits, and elevate their lives. He believes that people can achieve their personal definition of success and happiness by taking action, building authentic relationships, and having fun along the journey. And he's been honing his craft and teaching people from the stage for the past five years. After being called crazy for turning down the chance to work with the LA Lakers during Kobe Bryant's final NBA season, RIP, our guest embarked on a journey that began with him eating taco bell on the regular to now making six figures across multiple industries and the best part he did that within two years Mm. tune in today to hear his incredible story how you can learn to do what our guest did create a life you truly love and are proud of. joining us today out of Los Angeles, California, founder of the Professional Basketball Combine, two-time best-selling author and high-energy motivational speaker. Welcome to the show, Jake Kelfer.
0: Boom. That was fire, Ham. I loved it, dude. I loved it. Way to go! It worked out, huh? It worked
3: out. It worked <laughs> out. I how <laughs> man, what do you think? Three minutes in, dude. I love it. I mean, you got the you got the sounds, you got the logos, you got it all. You got the energy. I'm excited to be here. This is gonna be a fun time for us.
0: Oh, it's gonna be a good one. All right,
3: let's start off with the uh,
0: with our origin story, man. Uh, two years to get to the point where you're at. You got Taco Bell in the mix, according to your intro. You had a struggle. Tell me how you got to where you are today. What what motivated you? Five AM wakes up or whatever. Like, what's the thing that keeps you going when that alarm goes off?
3: Yeah, man. So, so look, I I grew up always wanting to be great at sports, academics, and family. That was just how I grew up. Those were the three things that meant the world to me, and. You know, unfortunately, by the time I graduated high school, I realized that the dream of playing with Kobe on the Lakers probably wasn't going to happen as a 5'8 Jewish kid from the suburbs. So I was like, all right, what can I do next? So from there, I decided, you know what, if I can't play for the league, I'm going to represent the best in the world. And so what happened was I went to college. I studied to be an agent. And right before everything was going according to plan, right before I get ready to graduate, my last semester of college, the agency I'm going to work for says, hey, we're on a hiring freeze. We can't actually hire you. And that was the first time where I really realized that sometimes life is going to throw stuff at us that we just can't predict. And it's up to us to decide, are we going to just say, oh, you know what, I'm going to give up on that dream or am I going to take another avenue? And one thing led to the next. And I ended up getting my first job actually working for the Lakers where I was on the court as a corporate partnerships assistant for one season during Kobe's final NBA year. And from there, I went on to write my first book. I went on to create the Pro Basketball Combine to really help NBA players sign their first contract. And now I've written two books. My third book comes out next in, a, in less than 10 days. So overall, man, it's been a heck of a journey. But the ultimate thing that that's kept me going is I've always taken action. I've always said if, if someone says no, I've always said watch me. And I always try to just do things with a smile on my face so that we can keep going and having some fun.
0: Watch me. That's a great answer. You know, it's funny, man. I remember uh, being a kid and playing baseball for the first time, and, and I remember my mom telling me because I wanted to be a catcher, right? And I was this little kid, and I remember her telling me, "No, catchers are big, big boys. Like that. That's not a position for you." And I remember thinking in my head exactly what you said: "Watch me, right? Like anybody challenges me, like tell me I can't do something, and watch how well I do it. Like it's okay. I might suck at first, but I'm gonna get to a position where you notice me." How did you get the Lakers to notice you?
3: Well, I'd spent most of my college experience, you know, I was the kid that was involved in the organizations. I was doing the networking meetings. I was, you know, doing mock interviews. I was going to the resume workshops. And what I had done is I had built up a network of people that were, that were in the sports world. And so when the agency couldn't hire me and I was like, what do I do next? I literally made a list of every single NBA and NFL team in order of location and teams that I wanted to go with obviously the Lakers being number one is that's my favorite team. And I went down the list. What departments would I want to work for? Then I went to LinkedIn. Do I have anybody in in connection with, do I know somebody already there? And I just started with the Lakers. I went to get some advice. And on that phone call, she actually said, Hey, we're going to be opening up a couple spots for our assistant position for the upcoming season. Are you interested? And I was like, of course I'm interested. But here was the catch 22. The catch 22 was, to interview for that job and to get started, I wouldn't have that until after I had graduated. So Hmm. I had to make a decision. Am I willing to put myself on the line with no guarantee or am I going to turn it down and play it safe and take a different job with another team? So I had offers from multiple teams from other companies, but I was like, I don't know how many more times in my life a diehard Laker fan, aka me, is going to get a chance to potentially work for the team. I got to play this out and see it through. And if I don't get it, You know what? I'll get back on my feet and try something else. But that was how I got noticed. That's how I started to build that relationship. I just focused on staying in touch, made sure I did my homework and then showed up and just executed at a high level. And, you know, next thing I knew I was on the court helping people uh, shoot the half court contest.
0: That is super fun. I mean, that's that's high energy. And, and your process, what you described, reminded me of, uh, I think it was Gary Vee that I heard uh, say this, and he talked about how the resume is different today than it is in the past. In the past, you wanted to work for ESPN or the Lakers in your case. You're competing with the 10,000 other people who submit a paper resume Uh, you know, that are just applying for the job. Maybe they have a degree, credentials, whatever it is, but you did something uniquely different. And this is what I I pass on to my students in my classes right now. Whatever it is you want to do, go be a part of that community. Go put your feet in. I don't care if you're getting coffee for people or whatever it is, get your foot in the door. So when these openings pop up, you're not just a piece of paper resume. You took different action, man. Like, I mean, most people aren't willing to take that action. Plus you got to be on, on the court with one of the greats. I mean, he, there's a book um, winning by Tim Grover and he's one of the coaches that coached uh, that coach Kobe. You know, one of those things is people do things in private to elevate themselves for hours at weeks and years at a time. And that's what they get, they get the uh, for in public. Like, you did a lot of this groundwork before not knowing there was going to be any guarantee of anything. What pushes you? What, what, what what motivates you to keep going when, you know, you could sleep in, you could go get a nine to five. Like why, why work that hard?
3: I don't want to be average. I mean, it's just that simple. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like I know that from a young age, I wasn't born to do the regular. I always wanted to do more. And part of that is knowing that I'm not always going to succeed. You know, unfortunately, I'm blessed. I have two parents that that really love me and they support me. So what's really cool is that when I started this and throughout my whole childhood, I wasn't so much scared of of failing as I was of not giving my best effort. Mm -hmm. And when you when you can overcome that worry of what could go wrong and start thinking about, well, what if it hits? What if it goes right? You can start to do some incredible things with your life and with your decisions. And as I've gotten older, of course, there's always the, the fear of what if it doesn't work? What if I look stupid? What if I get rejected? But more importantly than that is what if this idea changes 20 people's lives? What if this book get, becomes read all over the world? What if I can get on a stage in China and inspire an entire country? Like the possibilities in this world are limitless, but you have to be willing to try. And so what keeps me going is knowing that no matter what happens, I'm going to keep working, I'm going to keep trying, and I know that when you take positive and intentional action, great and unexpected things will happen. They just might not always happen the way you expect them to.
0: Mm, it's like uh, it's like that saying, you can't win the lotto without buying a ticket. And in your case, it's like every single thing you do is another ticket that gives you an opportunity to win. You might influence the next big book. Who knows what, what kind of influence you might have? You might meet somebody when you're speaking on stage. But the, the point is you're making all these all these efforts to move forward. Tell me about the book. Like, what, what are we going to find inside your newest book?
3: So in my newest book, it's the third one that I've written. My first one was called Elevate Beyond, How to Stand Out in the Job Market, and Discover Your Passion. My second one was called Elevate Your Network, How to Build Extraordinary Relationships in Life and Business, and this one is called The Elevated Entrepreneur, which is an interview book focused on unlocking the secrets of the world's greatest coaches, performers, and entrepreneurs in an effort to help people become higher performing, more productivity crushing, and freedom achieving in their lives. And so we break it down. I ask some amazing questions to all these people who have shared their best tips, their best stories, their biggest inspiration, and... What you could look forward to is 39 different approaches to winning the game of life. And I hmm. think that that's one of the coolest things because I think we uh, you know, we live in a society where information is abundant. And what I tried to do is really boil it down to the best of the best from the best of the best. And you can learn and find who you resonate the most with and dive deeper into them. So this book has been received in the in the early stages. It's been received unbelievably well. We've had some incredible breakthroughs. Uh, the guests are, are spectacular. And, uh, you know, it's just an honor to be able to have my third book be released to the world.
0: 39 different successful, I mean, successful ass people, right? Not just mediocre people telling you how to win at life. I'm curious, 39 different people, you ask very similar questions. What's their definition of winning? Like, what what do they define? I'm sure there must be something that's, I don't know, common amongst 39 of them that have that kind of lifestyle, how do they define success? How do they define winning?
3: So one of the one of the biggest commonalities amongst everybody here was I asked a question about how have relationships impacted your life and your business? Mm. And almost every single person within the first sentence says the word, they are everything. Mm. And what's really, really amazing is I'm a people guy, I'm a relationships guy. That's what my second book was on. But here's the difference. What I've realized is we all innately know how important connection people networking is, but what we fail to do is we fail to make that a priority in our life. Meaning when you are, when you have a busy day and you have meetings scheduled and you got things on your calendar, what's the first thing to go? The time to connect with somebody else. What Mm -hmm. do you push off the dinner with your partner? Because you have to get work done. The things that take a back seat in our life are the relationship component for the majority of us, not everyone. With the majority of us. And I found that what's really important for us to understand is that relationships shouldn't just be something that we all say, oh, I know it's that important. I know it's cliche. No, relationships should be on our calendar every single day or every other day because relationships are what drive happiness and success. It's the biggest indicator to long-term happiness. And that's what the studies have shown. And most importantly, relationships, we're in the business of people. You can't get married without a partner. You can't get, grow a business without a customer. So you've got to have people in your circle. you got to be building, nurturing, growing, developing, inviting people into your world. So that's one huge commonality that I found throughout the book. And another big thing that I've really realized is every single one of these people has a different definition of success. And one of the questions that I ask everybody in the book is, how do you define success? And then I asked them, how do you define, how do you pursue that definition relentlessly while Hmm. at the same time, enjoy the journey of life? And what I've realized is that even if we want and desire the same things, everybody's got a different path. There's no right one way to win the game. And you have to realize as an individual that you can't play someone else's game better than them. You have to figure out what game is yours play it to the best of your ability and then get better by learning from people who have done what you try to do. So those are just a couple of the many commonalities and like deep analysis that I've done from the book. That's huge, man. Relationships
0: is a big thing. You, uh, you speak on stages, you, you got a lot of voice out there, a lot of, a lot of contacts. Um, how are you choosing which relationships you nourish, and which ones kind of are are like on the outside, or, you know fans or or followers versus actual people you connect with on a regular basis?
3: I love this question, and you know uh, I've been thinking a lot about this um, for a variety of different reasons. But I think ultimately it comes down to how do these people make me feel, mm. and I call this the feeling of elevation. When I'm around a person, or I'm communicating with a person. Am I enjoying my interaction? Are we benefiting each other? Or is it purely one-sided? You always, everyone has that friend who whenever they hang out with them, they leave feeling so energized, so excited. And you're like, yes, I need more of you in my life. And then we all have that other friend who we're like, they're a really close friend. We love them. Maybe we grew up with them. Maybe we work with them. And it's almost like they drain your energy, but you feel obligated to hang out with them. The simple matter, uh, the simple fact of the matter is relationships that you should be nourishing are the ones that bring you joy. We have a limited amount of time and we never know when our number is going to be called in this game. So why are we spending with people that don't bring us joy, that don't bring us that feeling of elevation, that don't lift us down? So that's like a very simple answer. The deeper answer is when you first reach out to people, you're not going to know immediately how that relationship is going to go. You can't predict what the outcome will be. You can't predict how they will be. What we can do is we can put the feeler out. We can invite them to the conversation, to the interaction. What happens next is up to them in terms of how they reciprocate, how they make us feel. But then it comes back on us. What action step are we going to do next? Are we going to follow up? Are we going to offer to help? Are we going to provide some type of service or value that's going to help them feel that we're really in it for the mutual benefit? rather than just, uh, oh, I reached out to you because I want something from you. And when you can really help somebody feel good, when you can make someone say, you know what? This was fun. I enjoy you. I enjoyed this time. I feel energized. Time flew fast. Questions were flowing. Those are some of the key indicators to say, I need to nourish that. I need to grow that relationship.
0: You know what, Jake? Sounds good for someone like you who's willing to jump on half court, jump on a stage, just talk to pretty much anybody. What about that introvert person? That person who, you know, what I sit down and have a conversation with somebody, I don't know what to say. Like, I, I, what am I supposed to ask? How do I keep this going? What advice you got somebody who's sitting in that in
3: those shoes? So number one is do not try to compare your style of communication to somebody else's because it's what you think is the right way to do it. Meaning a lot of people, like you said, I can talk to anybody. I can talk to a wall for all I care, right? Like (laughs) I just love it, right, man? Like I love people. I love communicating with people. But there are other people that don't have the same energy as me. Does that mean they can't be just as effective when communicating with others? No, it doesn't. So the first thing is you can't compare to somebody else's style. Second thing is you have to really understand what is your style? What is your preferred method of communication? How are you most effective? All right. Once you've been able to identify that, the next phase is understanding that you don't need everybody in the world to like you, to be successful, to have great relationships or to to blow up your business. You need the right people to love you. And this is something that took me a long time because I was trying to always, you know, use my energy and and shape it in a way that would make other people be like, oh, Jake's really great. But what I've realized is that it's way more important to be authentically me, have my style, and have some people be not for me and some people really be all about me. Because there are some people that are like, Jake, your energy, your extroversion is just too much. And I'm like, you know what? That's okay. I hope you find someone that better suits you. Other people are like, Jake, this energy fuels me, man. Like, I love this. I need more of this. Okay, but you got to find out your style. When it comes to asking actual questions, what I always suggest to people is what are questions that make you feel good? What are questions that you've been asked that you can easily answer? How can Hmm. you make it easy for somebody to respond? And then the most important way is can you create an emotional response in that other person? Here's what I mean by this. Most of the time people may ask a question like, oh, you know, what's a great piece of advice? That's going to get you a blanket response. But instead, if you ask, well, what's the one thing you wish you knew in first starting your journey? Yeah. Well, now you're taking them down memory lane. You're getting them the emotions. They're going through all the ups and the downs. Now they're going to share their story. What you've done now is you just open the can. Because what happens is people love to talk about themselves, right? Yes, they do. We love talking about ourselves. Well, now, especially if you're on the introverted side, well, now they've talked about themselves. Just ask a little bit more. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. What happened next? Boom. All of a sudden, now you just got them talking. You use words and and phrases from their conversation and just dive deeper. That's the way to just go one step further based on your own style.
0: And like anything else, it's a skill that's developed over time, right? Like you're going to get better at asking questions the more you ask questions. It's awkward at first. It's weird. But, st- you know, keep going with it. I, I, I learned a, a script, uh, Ford, Family Occupation Recreation Dreams, right? I learned that when I was early on in real estate training. And those are just Little memory joggers so that when you're sitting in front of somebody, you can think well, I have family occupation right? Oh, hey, how many kids do you have? Right? Like the beginning of a conversation. As you get more practice, the other questions you I, I love to use is how did that make you feel? Right? Like questions, questions that really push back or literally just restating what they were just saying. Like re, you know, rephrase the same thing because the person's oftentimes when you're first thinking about your, your response you don't always get out the words that you wanted or the story the way you wanted to. So when you when you give them that opportunity to say it again, you're literally giving that person an opportunity to speak more about what they're doing in their life. I mean, that is literally the way we built our podcast, right, that, that's how it works. We're, we're, we tell you how awesome you are, then we ask you questions about your awesomeness, right? And that's that's really what it is. And then what we love to do is do video testimonials, right? What do you think of a video testimonial? So it's one thing where you were saying, you know, you have your energy, you're connecting with people. What if it's somebody else talking about how awesome you are?
3: So are you referencing in terms of like asking someone for a testimonial for your services, for your work? Or for for like,
0: yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, you're, you're elevating entrepreneurs, right? So entrepreneurs want to word of mouth is probably the best marketing that you could possibly get. So how do you do that? You get your customers to talk about you so that they send more business, right? A video testimonial does that how
3: good is it to have those? Is it unauthentic? Is it authentic? How does it help? I mean, video testimonials are huge, right? Because we live in a world today where there's so many people online, there's so much noise that now we're seeing like anybody could fake a regular written testimonial. Anybody can make up their own screenshots. Video testimonials, though, that's the person. You can't fake somebody talking on camera. You just can't, right? Assuming they don't lie about what they're saying, but You know that's not the person i want to be in business with anyways so you know when you look at it video testimonials are huge and the way to get video testimonials from any type of person with any type of personality is one ask because we never ask the answers always no. people are very unlikely to just do it on their own accord Mm -hmm. so you want to ask you want to invite them to do it and then you want to make it as easy as possible for them to complete it so we literally when we have our clients finish our program they're more excited than ever We do it very quickly when they're done because momentum's high, their energy's high, they're still excited, they're still accustomed to doing tasks and things with us. And then we give them a very, very clear script on exactly the order of what we would like them to say. And then of course, we ask them to do it in their own words, right? But we give them a very clear script of here, talk about this first, then this, then this, then this, and use your own words to describe that experience, that journey and your results. And that has been super effective for us. And the coolest thing is now you can reuse those video testimonials in webinars and ads and PowerPoints in whatever it is that you are using to future, uh, to grow your future business. So video testimonials I think are are huge, but it's really, you got to ask somebody and then you got to give them and make it as easy as possible for them to complete it so that they have their own style. And then if you really want to take it like one step further, you can give them, you know, five tips to, to make video testimonials even better right? So especially mm-hmm. if you know that they're, there might be a little bit shyer on camera. Um, you know, you you can ask them things like that. So sometimes I'll tell people that, Hey, guess what? Like uh, on camera, you need to, you need to do like virtually on video, you need to do like three X your energy because it doesn't come across as much as it does in person. And so we say, Hey, just be three X more energetic. Well, then that translates to great energy. Right. And you can kind of Make things up as you go, but there are stats and things like that that you can use to to help build those testimonials out.
0: 3x your energy. I love saying this to people because uh because they always ask, like, you your, your voice sounds so energetic. I don't understand how you do that. I'm like, it didn't sound like that in episode one, man. And I always tell people the same thing, you know how the camera adds 10 pounds. Well, the microphone sucks the life out of you. So you really gotta elevate your stuff. Now, you've had a lot of practice with that, right? Like when you're when you're out there in center court, like you got to pump people up. You gotta get that energy up. When you're on stage, you really gotta have that high level. What is the result that you get when you have that kind of energy and how do you pump yourself to
3: get there? I think the result is, is, uh, is beautiful. You know, like, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be around the bush. Anytime you get to be on a stage and you get to inspire people and they they receive you well, that's a great feeling. Like it's just a beautiful feeling. I hope everybody gets the chance to experience that, whether the stage is a thousand people or whether the stage is, you know, three people at a family gathering. Mm -hmm. I want you to feel that, you know, because that's such a powerful thing and it makes you feel really, really great. But I think the bigger question, though, is how do we get that energy to be able to deliver at that high-performing level? And for me, it's all about filling up my own cup. So hmm. I'll give you a couple examples here. You know, one of the things that I always think about is Kobe, Michael Jordan, and they always talk about, you know, it doesn't matter if there's one person or a million people watching. I'm going to give you my best effort every single time. And I think that sometimes we are like, oh, there's only 20 people here. There's only one person on my live. There's only 100 people here. Like I only have 100 followers. We're like, oh, I don't need to show up at my best because there's not that many people here. You can't think like that because mm-hmm. that, those people could become the game changers you need in your life and your business. It only takes one person for you to get married. It only takes one customer to, to start your business. It only takes 10 people for you, depending on the level of product you're selling, to blow up your entire entire life. And so I think I always think about that. And then I always think about my duty. When I come on this show to talk with you, it is my duty to give you my best energy because I want to serve the people to my best of my ability. And if I don't come in here with my energy that I know I'm capable of, I'm doing you and myself a disservice. And that's not how we roll because it's not about us. It's about the people. It's about you. It's about your listeners and making sure that I can come in here and give everything I have to hopefully Change somebody's life to inspire somebody to take action. And the way that I fill my own cup is by making sure that I have downtime for myself, right? Mm -hmm. I do have this high energy. I do talk a lot. Well, am I drinking hot water with lemon and honey to take care? Am I getting the right amount of sleep? Am I eating right? Am I keeping my body? Am I working out? Am I taking two minutes before the show to visualize and take some deep breaths, right? You gotta find what works for you. Right before this, I went on a walk for 15 minutes to clear my head, transition from the last interview to this one, get excited about it, visualize how we're going to crush it. And that really got me fired up again. You know, you put on a song, that song gets me going, right? Sometimes whatever works for you is what you got to do, but you got to fill up your own cup. You got to see yourself in the moment. And then you have to deliver knowing that it's your duty and your obligation to give people the best that you possibly can every single time
0: the power is in your routines right like you know motivation fades sometimes it's there sometimes it's not but the routines and the discipline are what get you there you hear you hear every single one of the goats out there right Tom Brady, Kobe, Michael, whatever it was, it doesn't matter. They all, you can, even from people who played around them, you always read about how they have this spot when they get in their zone, they lace up their shoes a certain way. They they do something the night before they wake up and eat a certain breakfast. Like it's their routine. This is what gets them in the zone to do whatever it is they want to do. What is your routine on your normal day to day to, to get you going? I mean, you, you kind of talked a little bit about the stage stuff. What about the day-to-day stuff? Is
3: there anything that you do that's just part of your routine every day? I have a pretty regular morning routine, uh, Monday through Friday. And it's, uh, I wake up at five 32 most mornings. All right. And no snooze. I meditate for three minutes. As soon as my feet touch the ground, that's the first thing I do. I find it to be the best time for me. Um, and then I go straight into deep work. So after I go pee, brush my teeth, you know, do the whole bathroom run. Then I do deep work for an hour and a half to two hours. From there, I will go into stretching and my workout. From there, I will go into eating, take my supplements, um, doing that type of stuff. Then I'll shower. Then I'll get ready for my work day. So from 5.32 to 10 a.m., that's my time. Once mm. 10 a.m. hits, that's when I open the doors to outside people that um, that, that one that need my time, my energy. So when coaching calls happen, that's when networking meetings happen, that's when podcasts happen. So that starts at 10. Um, but the thing that I think is really important and I, and I really want to stress this for me is like, I think routine is critical, but I also think having flexibility in your willingness to try better routines is important. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, um, you know, kind of counterintuitive because, the definition of routine is doing the same thing, right? But I also think that sometimes a routine, if you do it too much and you lose the enjoyment or you lose the benefit that you're seeking originally, it doesn't serve you. And then you're just beating a dead horse, but it's not coming back to life. And so I'm a big believer in within your routine to test different things to see if you can find a better routine without changing the entire framework. So for example, when I do my stuff is, you know, I've been doing an hour and a half, two hours of deep work every morning. Well, recently I've been testing. What if I take a 10 minute walk in the middle? I break that up into two segments and I take a 10 minute walk. How does that affect my energy levels? How does that affect my body and my feeling of getting some movement earlier on in the day? I find that it's been pretty good. So I'm kind of adding that in. There are different things that I've tested and tried that have gotten me to this routine. If you look back a year ago, I didn't have the same routine. But I always have, I like to wake up early. I like to make sure I sleep. I like to exercise. I like to work. I like to get quiet time, me time. Those are all things that have been part of the routine. It's just the order, testing different things and experimenting. So I think that that's a really important thing for us to to do is to give ourselves that permission to be able to try or execute or implement new things within the confines of our regular routine.
0: Dude, what a show. I swear I blinked and like 30 minutes have gone by. Jake, I mean, y- you have three books. The newest one's coming out very soon here, October 18th, I think you said, right? H- how can people get a hold of you, work with you, get a copy of the book?
3: The best place right now is get on get on Instagram at Jake Kelford. It's on the screen. I love that. Um shoot me a DM. Let's chat. I love having these conversations. Um, and then to get the book, go to the elevated and we made this book, when it comes out, we've made this book free. All you gotta do is cover the shipping fee. But We've made this book free as a, as a way to hopefully get as many people in the world to get their hands on this and, and change their lives. So Jake Kelfer on Instagram and the theelevatedentrepreneur.co is the best place to get a copy of your book. There it is, ladies and gents. Elevate yourself, Elevated Entrepreneur. I
0: mean, you're starting somewhere. Anywhere that you are at in business, it doesn't matter. There's always a level that you can go up. And that's really what it's all about. Jake is, is living proof of... You can take yourself from nowhere, get yourself to somewhere, and then keep going up. Great episode today, Jake. Love the uh, testimonial talk. Ladies and gents, I'm going to drop a cheap plug. That's what we do. We do video testimonials. You need help grabbing some yourself. Go to businessbros.biz. But make sure you stop by Jake's website. You said elevatedentrepreneur.co, not dot .co. Grab yourself a copy. Paid shipping and handling only. The, the book itself is free. Take a, list, take a read and then... Elevate yourself a little bit at a time, Jake. Thank you very much for coming on the show, man. You are awesome, brother. Where to go? Where to go? Where to go? Ah, oh, didn't do it. There we go. Let's 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 throw some M back in here okay, before we shine Before end. we sign and off. There you it. go. All right, ladies and gents. We'll see you guys again next time, Jake. Thanks again for coming on the show. Peace out, y'all.
1: Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income?